everybody, it's your Killer Country. My name is Brittany Ransom. And my name is Brian Joyner. And welcome to a special COVID episode of When Killers Get Caught. So, uh, if you are new here, this is not at all how we normally do things. But uh, I got COVID, and I have been asleep for like 10 days. It's been a long, a, a long COVID. Uh, and... <laughs> We're going to split this up into me doing a slightly smaller session because I cannot talk for very long. And Brian has taken up the mantle today to do a slightly longer session. But in general, When Killers Get Caught is normally a three-segment podcast meant to give you a little light snack as we discuss a true crime story that resonated with us in the world this week. Then I would normally do a longer deep dive into a killer's childhood life methodology and how they got caught. And Brian finishes us off with a paranormal palate cleanser. Today, you're going to get just a, a small nugget of a true crime discussion about something that is pretty big that happened in the world and then a much bigger end session. So I hope you'll stay and listen. Brian worked really hard to kind of uh, pick up the slack here for me because I've been sick for a while now. <laughs> And before we get into the episode, just another reminder, thank you so much to all the people who purchase things from whenkillersgetcaught.shop. It's so awesome. You guys should be getting your stuff soon. And I'm really excited to see it. I've sent out thank you messages. Obviously, I haven't been able to do it since I've been under the weather. But uh, there's so many you, fun things. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll get some from me <laughs> instead of Brittany. Yeah. So. You know, so, our beanies, their voice will not be on Spotify or YouTube this week because I cannot be on camera. I look awful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of people have been really into our Thick Dids uh, Mothman merch, and it's so exciting. It's one of my favorites, actually. Uh, and our mug and the beanies. So again, thank you so much for supporting us. And if you are interested in any merch, it's whenkillersgetcaught.shop. So my inspiration for this week was our This Week in True Crime segment, because if you're listening to this right now, a certain suspected serial killer is dead, uh, and his name is Robert Durst, a very wealthy uh, heir to a New York City conglomerate. I, I don't even know what to, how to describe it other than like, this is big, big money. Uh, mm -hmm. and he, I mean, he's been in trouble since the eighties and a lot of people believe that he should have been put in prison for a very long time, but he was able to avoid it. I'm going to try and give you a little bit of a, like a short snapshot of who he was. He was born in 1943. Um, he kind of carved out for himself a reputation of being attached to less than savory characters which isn't all that uncommon in New York. Big money, 40s, 50s, 60s. I mean, we're talking about the era when the mafia was a really big deal. I mean, it was still a thing. Uh, in 1982, his wife disappeared. And then in 2000, his friend, Susan Berman, who was his alibi for Kathleen's disappearance, died. And then a year later, when he was in Texas for some bizarre reason, 
uh, he said he accidentally killed his next door neighbor and then dismembered the body. How do you that, accidentally do that? <laughs> he said he accidentally shot him. And then rather than tell people, he proceeded to dismember the body. I'll, I'll get into more of those details in a little bit. Uh, so he got acquitted of that murder. And then in 2015, HBO did a documentary called The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst. And in that documentary, he admitted to killing everybody. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he thought that like there was a, a time period that had passed or something. Oh, but, right. Yeah. <laughs> but then he went to jail for Susan Berman's murder. And then literally October, they got him for Kathleen. But we're going to, we're not, we're not there yet. So early life, like I said, April 12th, 1943, New York City, uh, Bernice and Seymour Durst. His grandfather was from Austria in 19, and came here in 1902. The guy had nothing. And like, re- like, Honestly, his grandfather is the actual, like, American dream. Came here with nothing, pulled himself up by his bootstraps. He actually did that. Um, By 1915, the grandfather had saved up enough money to buy a property. And so then, in 1927, he created the Durst Organization Incorporated. And that became this massive, like, this mega real estate company that has just got a lot of money. (laughs) So I'm going to try and explain the the breadth of this. They're worth $8.1 billion. Billion. Billion dollars, yeah. So uh, Robert's father, Seymour, carried on the business after his dad died. Uh, In 1950, their mom fell from a roof of her home and died. And that was the first, like, tragedy in uh, Robert's life. Now, newspapers said that she was on medication, that she was taking for asthma, and she got disoriented and fell off the roof. But obviously, there's lots of suspicions there. Was it suicide? Was it murder? We don't know. Uh, He graduated from Scarsdale High School. Moved to Pennsylvania, just down the road, and went to Lehigh University. Oh, hey. Studying, yeah, business and economics. <laughs> and so with that degree, 1965, he heads west to go become a doctor at UCLA. Uh, he meets his friend, Susan Berman. She's the daughter of a Las Vegas mobster. Uh, and that would begin his connection to uh, unsavory characters. He drops out of UCLA. <laughs> What'd you say? I was going to say, like, I don't know how people can get connected with these kinds of people, but somehow they find friends in the wrong I, places. Honestly, <laughs> I think when you are dealing with, like, high volumes of money, it's an inevitable crossover. Whether your money is legit or not, they are also moving high quantities of money. Mm, true. And then there becomes probably, com- like, you go to clubs together, things like that. There becomes conversations of, well... I have a lot of money and you have a lot of money. Can we work together and make more money? Mm, yeah. You know? Because okay. the thing is, if somebody who is, well, a perfect example would be uh, the art uh, world in at least the U.S. I don't know about globally, but I know in the U.S., the fine art community is a way that people who are doing unsavory things absolutely launder money. 
They take mm. money that they have gotten through illegal means. They decide that a particular artist is the new, you know, muse, the ingenue. And they buy this kid's, like, they might buy this person's art for, like, $5 million, $10 million, crazy amounts of money. And really what they're doing is now it's illegal, it's legally in the system. That's a legal purchase. And then it gets swapped between people. Sometimes between the same people back and forth. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's all sorts of uh, sordid, horrible things. That's why, honestly, I believe there's so much crime in the art industry, too. It's not just because these pieces cost so much money. I think it's because there's so many people involved in it who are on the, uh, the criminal side. Because mm-hmm. there's so much art being stolen all over the world all the time. <laughs> But that's another day. I'm a big fan of heists, so I know too much about this. Uh, anyway, remember I told you he was studying to be a doctor in UCLA? Drops out in 1969. Kind of right before he was going to be done. But he went back to New York. Um, he met who he would marry, Kathleen McCormick. She was a dental hygienist. 1971. They move in, get married in 73. Seems happy. Everything's doing great. Except for the fact that Durst is possessive and abusive. And then she just disappears in 82. He's questioned. Police do their best. Um, It's just gone. 1990, he officially gets a divorce. Moves in with a new girlfriend. That becomes his second wife. He keeps working for his family business. Uh, Totally just... uh, He becomes kind of a jerk to his family and he his siblings don't want to talk to him anymore so (laughs) he spends most of the 90s just kind of like around america they're not quite sure what he's doing is it legal probably not uh and he kind of reappears in 95 when his dad dies in 2000 uh, Westchester County, New York, uh, district attorney bring up Kathleen's disappearance again. Mm-hmm. And they intended to interview a bunch of different people who were a part of it. And obviously, Susan Berman was his alibi. Susan, same year, Susan's found shot dead in her home in LA. While this <laughs> is going on, Robert Durst is in Texas pretending to be a mute woman trying to hide. (laughs) Legit, he's like trying to be like an old lady. Um, The only problem is he gets himself back in the spotlight because he's the, his neighbor, like literally crossed the hall from him and apartment complex is shot and then chopped up and dumped in a bit in a nearby bay uh, near Galveston. And he's obviously the number one suspect because he's this weirdo across the hall from him. So it takes like a while to find him and they bring him in in 2003. He testifies that the two he shot him when the two were struggling for control over a gun. And I distinctly remember this case because I remember being in high school 
And I remember my teacher telling me that Texas was just different. <laughs> and he said that these two old guys had fought over a gun. One of them had gotten shot and the other guy had, just, had, had chopped him up. Mm. And that was this case. <laughs> he gets oh, acquitted, wow. though. He said he was in a panic. Um, I don't, I don't buy that, but okay. Well, after he's, he go he goes to jail for like a much smaller offense, you know, nothing important. Mm-hmm. He gets released, uh, and he sells his whole stake in the family business, uh, which is a pretty big deal. Um, but then again, like I said, his family really wasn't vibing with him at that point. Uh, he got like some petty crimes. I mean, one of my favorite ones was that, um, let's see, 2014, he was in a drugstore in CVS and he peed on a rack of candy. Um, another time he was in Pennsylvania at a Wegmans and he stole a sandwich when there was $37,000 in his car in cash. Why? Why, why, why didn't you just use the, the money? <laughs> Okay, okay. So either way, so, you know, since true crime is what it is, uh, director Andrew Durecki, uh was just like, this is a good story. This guy is wild. So he directs and co-writes The Jinx, The Life and Death of Robert Durst. Six parts, um, loads of interviews with everybody who ever knew him. And, of course, he does an interview in that one where he says, I killed them all. See if I, can find it. I wrote it down. It was like the exact quote. It was wild. This dude's a total, like, total nut. Um, <laughs> he seems like it. He looks like it. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, if you look at the picture. <laughs> he uh, yeah, haha. He, he looks like someone who did not associate with his family mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. He's like the grumpy old miser. Well, with that, uh, with some of the evidence that's shown in the jinx and the fact that he literally says, like, all of them killed them all. Uh, the, the authorities are like, all right, we are looking back at this again. March 14th, 2015. Right before the last episode, because it was like a six-week airing, mm-hmm. right before the last episode was released, he gets arrested in New Orleans for killing uh, Berman. Mm-hmm. They also charge him with possessing a firearm because he doesn't have a license to do that in Louisiana. Um, he also got hit with a wrongful death lawsuit by his first wife's family, who to this day are like, they, they never let up about finding him. Um, November 2016, he appears in a Los Angeles court to defend himself against killing uh, Kathy Berman. And he says, like, I want to say here and now, I am not guilty. They have a bunch of hearings. Uh, it gets postponed all the way to April of 2018. 30, and finally in 2017, they officially... Uh, declare Kathleen Durst dead. Her family ramps it up into high gear. They file even file like a lawsuit against his second wife, Deborah, um, mm. 
they they file another lawsuit requiring like documents that Fred Durst had to be released, like all sorts of stuff. In fact, they make a movie about her on Lifetime called The Lost Wife of Robert Durst. That comes out November 2017. And that's based, there's a book called The Deadly Secret, The Strange Disappearance of Kathy Durst uh, from 2002. Um, wild enough, uh, Catherine McPhee played his wife. <laughs> so all of this just ramps up to the fact that uh, Sorry, I have like so many things open right now. No, you're good. <laughs> so he gets convicted of Kathleen and to go to prison. And they, so he's in prison in, in LA now, but New York is like, mm, we're going to push this. So really nothing happens in regards to him. He's in jail. Mm-hmm. And then. He gets arrested for Kat, for his Kathleen Durst's death, and they bring him over to New York. And like the pictures are insane here. Like he's wearing a mask in a wheelchair. He's seven yeah. seven years old at this point. Like New York did not care. They wanted this man. Um, <laughs> he was looking rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, he got COVID um, right after. He was convicted of Kathleen's death on October, like October 22nd, 2021. And um, he pretty much had a bad time from that point on. Um, a lot of health issues. But uh, eventually they, they got him for everything. The LA trial in March of 2020 for uh, Kathy Berman and then what's Connor Kathy Berman? Sorry. <laughs> Kathy is Durst for uh, Berman and like I said uh, Kathleen's family finally got some sort of mm, I don't I did, yeah it was October 19th 2021 he finally, finally uh, went down for killing his first wife um, but he got COVID right after, and he was just pretty much struggling nonstop after that. Uh, he was hospitalized. Uh, he was sentenced to life in prison for killing his wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to his attorney, Chip Lewis, he was being transported to a hospital to undergo testing when he went into cardiac arrest on January 10th. He was like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, God. He died yesterday, 78 years old. So he didn't get, to, I guess he didn't stay, he wasn't in prison that long, but there was some level of justice, you know. I uh, it's a wild, episode. yeah, it's a wild, like, it's just it's a whole wild story. There's even more weird stuff. Like, all the petty crimes that he was doing, even though he had all this money. Mm-hmm, Yeah. I just love, I just love that. I'm like, really? He was at a Wegmans? Like, you just, yeah, like, you just did all this stuff for what? Just for fun or something? Yeah. And the thing was, he was wanted at that point. So he did not give a fuck. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> He's like, eh, fuck it. 
That was in like that was in two thousand one. I would have been like just going in high, high school. school. Yeah, but yeah. High and like when I say, I mean, it was Lehigh Valley. It was a Bethlehem Wegmans. Oh damn! Okay. <laughs> like we're an hour away. I'm like, what a weird situation. But you know, I guess everybody gets their final uh, <laughs> just desserts. Yeah. In the Here end. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy that her family got some semblance of justice, mm-hmm. you know, in the end. And I listen, as someone who has COVID right now, I know he wasn't having a good time. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we at least know his last couple of months were tough. They had to put him on a ventilator a couple of times. Oof. So I know he was feeling bad, at least. We could say that. That's all I got for you, the... the a short, very truncated look into Robert Durst's life and death. Okay. It's very good. Very good. Okay. So what is on the? Is it paranormal? Is it cryptid? What are we doing today? It's neither. Oh. You guys are getting a history lesson today. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, it's a little okay. It's it's strange. It's a strange story. That's okay. why. That's why a lot of like paranormal people they talk about it a lot. Like everybody talks about it a lot. So. <clears throat> Consider, if you will, you are a man. Uh, you're a settler from England in charge of one of the first attempted settlements in the Americas. You leave your settlement to go back to England for supplies, but circumstances didn't allow for you to return to your colony about three years later. When you return, your family and friends are missing. The colony is deserted, and the only sign of a clue is etched into a nearby tree reading, Crow. Oh, yeah. C-R-O. This is one of the biggest unsolved things. This, yeah. And the full word, Croatoan, is written on uh, a wooden stake in front of the colony. You never hear from your family again. And the disappearance of your colony will be one of America's oldest unsolved mysteries. Mm. This is the lost colony of Roanoke. Um... So yeah, this like I said, this is going to be like a history lesson for you guys. <laughs> but it's like it's it's a mystery. It's like one of the biggest mysteries. Like no one knows what the hell happened here. I, I mean, mean, there are. I from what I understand, people don't even know what Cohen means. Well, uh, Did we they get into that. that out even. Well, <laughs> yeah. So Croatoan is actually one of the islands. That where that's um that was by Roanoke Island, oh. so yeah, hmm. but yeah, they were. This is like in history books, the lost colony. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I also, I feel this. bad for dude. He re- legit like was gone for a while. Brittany, we're gonna get into his his struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Because, All right, then. 
this man struggled <laughs> to get back to his people. All right, let's do it. History lesson, okay. the lost colony of Roanoke. Okay. So this man, his name was John White, of course. Um, but before we get into John White's story. The most, the most white name. Of the, the, the whitest white name you could ever get. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into John White's Roanoke story, um, I had to begin with the very first Roanoke colony that was attempted. Um, so this, Wait, this whole, yes. There's more than one? So it's the same colony, but it's there was like a first attempt at making this colony, and then later on, uh, like I think a year or so later, uh, a second attempt was made to uh, reestablish it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. They but, I mean, struggling not, more, they, well, they struggled more in the Pilgrims. Yeah, so it just, the second attempt wasn't even supposed to be at Roanoke Island. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be along the Chesapeake Bay. Oh, that's a nice area. Yeah, because well, I'll get into that. I mean, I'm <laughs> just saying, too. I like to visit. I have family down there, so. Yeah, but yeah, the, the second attempt wasn't even supposed to be Roanoke Island, and circumstances made them end up at Roanoke Island, which I will talk about that too, which All is right. fucking insane. <laughs> <It's weird. laughs> okay. 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 So this whole thing, this whole like, um. I guess establishing like a colony in the Americas was part of Sir Walter Raleigh's attempt to make the first like English settlement in North America. Um, I mean, he was successful though. We have a Raleigh, North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it South um, Carolina? Either way, I know there's a city down there named after that dude. Like, there's there's a place. Oh goodness, I'm I'm jumping ahead, but there's a place called uh, well, that was supposed to be named the city of Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, that John White was supposed to establish on his way to, on his way back to the Americas, but uh, oh, so John White didn't do his job. Got you. Well, he wasn't able to. The, the circumstances did not allow him to do that. But um, failure. <laughs> this is like this. This whole thing I want to tell you right now is just to lead up to the good part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So this all begins in 1853, where this idea is just, you know, established, you know, John, um, not John, Walter Riley. He's he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, but the colony of Roanoke wasn't officially founded until, like, 1585. Um, so in 1584, two ships make their way to Roanoke Island, which is located inside the Outer Banks. So if you're, like... From Virginia, in Virginia area, um, Outer Banks, just a, like a group of islands. It's like that's a string of border islands. Uh, I'm not sure. go there for vacation for farmers. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, when they arrive, they're greeted by the indigenous people of the, you know, of the island. And, you know, they're all friendly, yucking it up and whatnot. So, these two ships were there to scout out uh, the area for colonies to build, of course. Uh, and they spent about a month there and returned to England then. So, this... Oh. Yeah, this so the two ships that were just sent there, they were just like a scouting... Uh, they were on a scouting mission. Gotcha. Just to... Yeah. Just to get information about the area. 
Um, Can we so, kill these people and take their land? <laughs> I don't think that was their that was their plan as of right now. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I'm being facetious, but <laughs> yeah. So, who was in charge of this? Of course, Sir Walter Riley. Um, he wasn't knighted until he returned. So, uh, like during this ex- this uh, scouting mission, he was just you know Walter Riley, and then he was knighted when they returned back to England. Um, for his good deeds of finding stuff. For finding stuff, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, he goes to Queen Elizabeth the first, and he's all like, "Yo, I got this this bomb ass spot for us, like the plant our first, like our feet in this in this country, right?" And she's like, "I right, bet." So, what happens is they he Riley he planned on making like. A settlement or like a colony in like the outer banks or somewhere by the outer banks like one of the islands inside of the outer banks because of i guess a, a strategic strategic type of um military thing um I'm, I'm not trying to get too into it because i don't really understand it but apparently where roanoke island is inside the outer inside the outer banks it's it's like there, there's easy passage to like the sea, mm-hmm. and then I guess if like Spanish ships were to like sail by the outer banks by Roanoke Island, they'd be able to like ambush them from inside the outer banks. So uh, Sir Walter Riley is like, I want this area. We're gonna have to we like we had to set up something here so we can like if Spanish or if the Spanish are trying to like make their way to England, we'll be able to spot them from, like, this area right here. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and they decide to name this area Virginia um, because the queen was a virgin, apparently. Um, but right. so was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, when I... All about when, that. Yeah. When I, when I wrote didn't this, talk about that in high school. No, no. When I wrote this down, I was like, "Oh, the queen was a virgin." I mean, they say Mer- uh, they say Mary was a virgin too, but I'm still people are still skeptical. Oh, Brian! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so a fleet yeah, of seven. Well, okay, so I. It- <laughs> She was Go known ahead. as like the Virgin Queen. Yes, um, yes. I'm I'm trying to remember why though. Like, why was she the Virgin Queen? I don't know. I didn't look too into that. I just make the joke. Oh, oh, she never got married. Oh. So she became she queen, and she never took a husband. Well, listen. Ain't nobody was asking about what was going on in the Queen of England's bedroom. <laughs> but as far as the people were concerned, uh, since she never formally got married, she was a virgin forever. Okay. <laughs> okay. Listen. Whatever they say, whatever, whatever. I'm not here to judge. I'm not. Mm. <laughs> you sound real judgy right now. <laughs> I, you know what? <laughs> oh God. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Continue. 
So a fleet of seven ships makes their way um, from England in 1585. Uh, so they had enough provisions to last at least a year. Um, so the ships were loaded with about 600 men. Um, not sure how it is now, but the waters of the Outer Banks were pretty bad. Um, they're still choppy as hell. Yeah, okay. So, it's, <laughs> like, still ter- if, it's still terrible. Even, well, it's not like, <clears throat> I, I, I mean, like, even if you're, like, just, you know, kind of swimming, like, they're, it's rough current down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like most of the Atlantic Ocean is kind of rough. Like, we go to Delaware, well, you know, pre-COVID, but, yeah. but Delaware is kind of rough. Like, I, I don't know anywhere, really. Like, does California have, like, nice, gentle beaches? Because I've never known any in my life. Yeah, I have no idea. Jersey, <laughs> Delaware, South Carolina, Virginia. What are calm waters? Fun. Yeah, it's still fun, <laughs> but like you, you feel the pull when you're in the water, and it like it's pulling you down. Oh yeah, or not down, but you. like pulling you downstream. Yeah, it's definitely trying to get you. Um. <laughs> So as soon as the flagship, it's uh, named the Tiger. Um, it's it's about it's a, so the Tiger is about to pass through, uh, you know, the, the Outer Banks. It hits a shoal, and, and for anybody that doesn't know what a shoal is, it's like a submerged sea bank in shallow water. So they hit like this this sand. It's a sand bank, not a sea bank. My bad. I, this typo. Uh, it's a sand bank. <laughs> So as soon as it they, hits like this, they hit like the the shell, yeah, of the continent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the hull of the ship is ruptured, and this is the flagship that is hit. So all of the, the provisions are on this flagship. Did they um, save them? Most of the provisions are ruined. Uh, they're spoiled thanks to the seawater. So, yeah, so they they couldn't save all the provisions at all. Like they like most of their stuff was gone, um, and the flagship was almost destroyed. They had like the flagship had to sit there for repairs um, for a while. <clears throat> but so with their food gone, this of course wasn't going to be enough for about six hundred men um, to live off for about a year. <laughs> so it's a lot of people. Yeah, that's it's, it. Was a lot of people, um, so they reduced their numbers to about 100 men, and this one, these 100 men would stay behind, uh, and they would be governed by a certain, um, not sir, a man named Ralph Lee, Ralph, Ralph Lane. God, <laughs> can't talk. Um, and they were only supposed to say they were only supposed to like be waiting there for like a couple of months because there was supposed to be a supply ship mm-hmm. that was supposed to come like a couple of months later. Uh. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a, there's supposed to be a supply ship. Um, so they get to Roanoke Island and, they begin building this colony. Um, and they, you know, they got the the indigenous people's permission to, like, 
builders colony in this area um i i believe i'm not going to say it right but it's Sekulten. the Sekultens. um you have to spell it for me s-e-c-o-t-a-n s-e-c-o-t-a-n yeah uh, I know they're Algonquin, but that's all I know. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> so yeah, they got their approval. So this is like the, that was like the the main colony, uh, the main, I guess, tribe on um, Roanoke. So, um, of course, they ran out of supplies, and they had to re- re- rely on uh, the our generosity. Bless your heart that you don't. Do you have to know all the other villages in that area? I there's only like one other one, but that's about it. Okay, because there's a couple <laughs> other indigenous tribes in that area that are real no. hard to pronounce. Yeah, I mean, no. Chesapeake. Chesapeake is also another one. I mean, that we saw the name of, but like, there's a couple other that are real intense. Yeah, there are like four or five I I saw, and I was like, I'm not reading those. Because I'm not going to be able to pronounce this at all. <laughs> a quagascock. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what the hell? I mean, it's in the language, so. Yeah, I was like, I'm yeah, I'm not doing that. Not, I'm not putting myself through that. <laughs> not today. Sorry, <laughs> you guys don't get to laugh at me today. Anyway, um, but you know, the, they they didn't have much to spare to these these colonists either because they had their own people to feed so right and like we know what it's like on the east coast these people don't yeah exactly um so a lot of the english men that came you know with this the, the ships they they had heard tales of like gold and copper in the area oh, so <laughs> so th- so they're there to you know do some exploring um um, they were also, you know, doing research on the indigenous tribes as well. Um, this was until something strange started to happen. Now, stop me if you've heard this one before, okay? Okay. Every time the English would vis- visit a village, a lot of the indigenous people started getting sick and dying, just falling dead. Yeah, because they were full of disgustingness. Mm. At this time, the people of the village didn't know of airborne illnesses, so they I thought... I mean, they knew of their own illnesses, just... Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's the same thing that happens when you travel now. Exactly. If you're not prepared, be ready to get very sick. Yeah, they didn't They didn't uh, know of, I guess, English illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um. So they thought the English were basically killing them from like a distance with like some type of magic. Um, yeah. Um, this, of course, I mean it, it's it, it's close. It's close. They were close. Um, this, of course, I mean it was from a distance. Yeah, it was some type of. I mean, magic. the thing is, these, some of these illnesses were the same thing that were killing the English too. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. and we're, you're talking about you know this isn't like the. Trail of Tears giving people smallpox bank like smallpox blankets. No, no, no. They Nothing didn't like have them like the English didn't have the medicine to take care of themselves. 
So yeah. they were also dying from these same illnesses. Yeah, it's it's not it's like just, they, yeah they weren't doing it on purpose. Not this time. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> Later this on, time. though, they definitely realize how to weaponize European illnesses against indigenous people. But at this yeah. point in history, this is just pure old ignorance. Yep. And not recognizing that when you have two different ecosystems interacting, the British are gonna take on illnesses they've never had before and so we're the second to try yeah but no absolutely i would have been like nah 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 y'all can't come around here no more Mm -hmm. so this of course was the spread of an epidemic brought on by like we said the, the english um it was either it was either smallpox or the flu that was spreading uh, yeah, uh, the smallpox was real big back then, but I'm not yeah. entirely sure. Yeah. So, here's a messed up part, okay? So, one of the one of his leaders, um, his name was Wingana, Wingina, Wingana, Wingina, whatever. Um, so he he gets really sick, right? Mm-hmm. And as people, they of course they can't treat him because they don't know what the hell this is. Um, so you know he asked the English to pray for him, like to come and pray for him, and he he recovers. Wow. Yay, yeah, yay, right? Um, so he goes to he's like he goes like your prayer your prayers they like, healed me. How about you English men go? to the other tribes or the other people like the other villages around here that are affected with this illness and go pray there as well. Mm. <laughs> um this of course did not work. It actually kind of like exacerbated the situation causing the illness to spread even more Let's killing see, more after people. After living in a panorama they created a, a super spreader. <laughs> they created a super spreader event unintentionally. Mm, yes, he did. Also, um, the harvest wasn't faring very well. Uh, I'm going to say due to the the epidemic that was going on right there, um, which meant very little food to be to, like to share. Um. So at this time, when I'm going to say when Jenna, and um, that's his name, that's his name for now, when Jenna, whatever, and um, <laughs> and Lane, they they weren't really seeing eye to eye at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, both both were like kind of suspicious of the others, um, and like this, I was so I got two sources from this. Uh, one okay. from Wikipedia, the other one was from a YouTuber. I will. I will look his name up, but I forget what it is. But I, I read, I looked at it, and so two different conflicting things. But they, it, it kind of like there's kind of like a common theme in it. So it seems like at this time, um, when Jenna, he was like he was tired of like the English and stuff like that. He was like, all right, you know what? We don't have enough food for you guys. We're trying to take care of our own people. Like we have this illness that's going on. Everybody's dying. Like we got to take care of our own right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I guess at this time, um, 
Lane was like, okay, well, I'm going to go look for other provisions, you know, other elsewhere. Um, so now that that would be before they attacked the colony, because I remember that in history. Yes, yes, this is before. Okay, because <laughs> it was like I remember that part. That was the so, we're just gonna steal it now part of history. Yeah. Um. So I guess when Jen, when Jenna he <clears throat> sorry excuse me he's. You know, he's tired. So when, when Lena is gone, he, he's like making his plans of just like, yo, so what we're going to do is we're going to move inland off this island to another tribe and like live with them for winter because like we don't have enough supplies for our people. And we're just going to leave these English people to do whatever the hell they're going to do and fuck them for the winter for right now. They could like they can starve for all I care. <clears throat> Um, uh, yes. And for people who don't under like understand, because Algonquin territories um, stretched halfway like down the east coast of the Americas, all the way up into Canada. This was a major. Um, it's hard to explain. It's like a nation with smaller little tribes. Yes. Um, and so it wouldn't have been that crazy for them to reach out to another ally, essentially. I mean, this was essentially a, a sort of mini, like, I'm going I'm to call it military because of what the connotation is in modern times. But it's it was like, like an a, offshoot. Yeah, it was like a cooperate, a cooperative, like, <clears throat> connective nation of multiple tribes. And so it wouldn't have been that crazy for them to go to a neighboring tribe and be like, listen... We had a terrible, you know, harvest. Help us. Yes, please. You know? Yeah. Um, like, honestly, awesome history with uh, the Algonquin Nation. But, yeah. So, I mean, this isn't that, like, crazy with the... I mean, I guess this this, step, this goes all the way up to eastern Canada and then towards western Canada and... It's just a lot. It's, it's every yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because essentially people were showing up, and I mean, there needed to be a united front. Mm-hmm. So they were, I guess, allies would be a, a better way. Like these were all oh, yeah, definitely tribes. Um, and there's like a bunch of nations that are like in Quebec, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's a lot, there's a lot, and a whole lot of stuff happened during the Seven Years War, but we won't get into that. Not yet. No. That's later in history, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay, so so they're they're planning on moving inland. So okay, um, I guess on Lane's trip, um, McGinna he he either contacts like a neighboring like tribe. And he he warns them of you know Lane's going to be like visiting your area blah blah blah, he might be a little hostile, mm. and you know he warns then you know before before this he warns Lane of the the same thing but of the the tribe. So that's what I'm getting from Wikipedia, and and it's like so was he trying to like set Lane's thing Lane's party up? for failure and then people were going to like 
you know, to get people killed and stuff like that. So he wouldn't have to worry about um, them coming back. It, it could have been a, a military, uh, like I said, weird word to use here, but it could have been a strategy. Yeah, to absolutely. Rid the entire area of the British. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I can totally see that. Um, but either way, either if it was like a setup from Magina or just like something that's just uh, Lane suspicion. Um, Lane gets back right. Oh, um, first, first. Magenna, he actually changed his name. He changes his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, I know. Pem- I think the the Pemisapin. There you go, Pemisapin. I know that. Yes. Yeah, that's the name I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he changed his name to Pemisapin, which means one who watches. So he's like, it's it's basically like a message to like I'm watching. Like I'm very very observant now. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I mean, like I said, so like get a figure. Like I said, the Algonquin nation at this point stretches below Virginia, you know, the South Carolinas, all the way up to well into Eastern Canada, right? So they mm-hmm. are no strangers to trading, uh, making deals, uh, setting up protections and things of that nature amongst tribes and stuff. So I don't think the initial contact with the English was bad, but from everything that I've learned through like the history that my family's told me about these situations whenever there were any interactions with the British, even when they tried to have like normal uh, business arrangements with them, it always breaks down and real fast. Yep, it sure did. Because um, <clears throat> they just didn't know the way that they did things. Yeah. And unfortunately, like a lot of times, like, I mean, the same thing that happened with like uh, Pocahontas. Like, sometimes what would happen with the British was, like, they would just be like, we're done here, and just take stuff. Yeah. So that's why there was lots of fighting. Yeah. So, either way, um, Lane gets back from this expedition, um, and, you know, he finds out that uh, Pemisopin, he's like, they're going to move inland. So, you know, he's like, okay, bye. Um, to Pemisopin. Also very sensible with the amount of uh, hurricanes and mm, in that area that break through the area. Yeah. Uh, yes. Terrible. Um, so moving inland might also just be a smart decision because the weather is bad. Absolutely. Um, so once they move inland, um, Lane starts his plotting on how to Get rid of, I guess, this, or get some, I, I, I don't know if it was supplies that he actually, like, what was his main thing, or just, like, to to stage it, you know what I mean? Like, to get rid of these, the, the indigenous right right there. Um, <clears throat> so, on a day that Pemisopin and, and, like, his, his people, they move inland, um, I guess there's, like, a meeting, Lane's involved there later on that night, and or is it like the, the next morning? Uh, I think it's the next morning. Um, and at this, after the, the, the at, during the meeting, Lane gives a signal to his people that are like hiding in the bushes, and that's this is when the the massacre uh, begins. Um, basically, they got 
everybody. They they, they killed everybody. Um, yeah, this they, was uh, that was the the big attack. Yeah, yeah. Eighty six, right? Uh, was it eighty six? I believe it was like eighty five or eighty six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I, I, I think it was 86, yes, because, yeah, yeah. Um, that was like a tribe decimating attack. Yeah. Which is so sucky, because I'm like, they were leaving the area you wanted anyway. Yeah. Um, Pemusopin, I guess he he's shot, and then, you know, he runs away. He's chased down by, you know, the Englishman. And they bring his uh, decapitated head back, and they stick it on a pike in front of the colony on Roanoke Island. Um, so there's that. <clears throat> so this happened in the beginning of June, like the very like I think the first of June actually. Um, a week later, they could have waited a week. They could have waited like just a week later before they did anything stupid like that. Uh, a week later, Sir Francis Drake is on his way back to England, and he had supplies for this Roanoke colony. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's like he or he was bringing supplies to these, for these people. Like, he, y'all could y'all could not have done this. <laughs> but nevertheless, whatever it happened. Um, so what Sir Sir Francis Drake uh, was planning was that you know he was going to leave a ship and and enough provisions to, for this colony for about like four months, um, but I believe a hurricane or a big storm happened whenever they arrived, so the ship that he was going to leave got swept out into the sea. So yeah, and I it was. Weird timing. Yeah. Like, this story is full of convenient, inconvenient things. I mean, listen, call it karma, buddy. Like, the timing of everything, like, with this whole Roanoke thing. You, like, decapitated old boy. Yeah. You know? So, I don't really got a whole lot of good feelings for you and literally murdered an entire tribe, so... Maybe that's yeah. why you couldn't get back. <laughs> Listen, I like to believe in, in cosmic retribution. Uh, Brittany, unfortunately, they do get back. Um, nah. So as this ship is swept off, um, Lane, he's desperate. So he goes to Drake and he's like, can you like take us back to England, please? Because like... <laughs> We we've had we've had you know our, our fallout with with the the people here, and there's no supplies. We don't we wouldn't have a way back. Like our, the ship that you wanted to leave us is gone, so we'd be stranded here for like after like after our provisions for four months get, like went up in smoke. Um, we'd be left to the elements and the people here because I'm pretty sure the people the indigenous people there would have killed them um if they had stayed. They would have been dead. Um so Drake's like, alright, yeah, you guys get on our boats. So they take them back to England. Uh, um I guess except for three men who were just like left behind. They didn't they didn't evacuate in time and 
they were never heard from again. Um, so, like I said, remember, this was just all the setup for what's going to happen next. <sighs> so, even though this first expedition was kind of, well, I was going to say kind of a failure, but it was like, a, it was definitely like a complete failure here. Um, what, was it Walter Riley? Sir Walter Riley, he's perf- he's persuaded again to uh, pr- to return to Virginia or the Outer Banks by a, na- a man named John White, plus some other people as well. Um, but not on Roanoke Island, though, because it obviously wasn't safe anymore <laughs> for him to be living there. Um, so... The first settlement was definitely like aimed more towards uh, a military outpost, um, sort of like a fort, basically. Um, but the second colony settlement, whatever you want to call it, col- I'm going to say colony because they're colonists, um, it included it included more families um, and. There were no military at all, um, at least not an organized military. Uh, so about 115 people are like, you know, let's go, let's go, let's uh, let's try this again. Um, this included one of uh, this included John White's pregnant daughter and her husband. Uh, so she was like, she was about to give birth. Uh, and 1587, three ships leave England, and they make their way to Virginia. So, the, hold on a sec, sorry, <laughs> I'm still here, I'm still here, okay. I'm still here too. Just I know, I know. Voice break. No, you're good, you're good, you're good. I was just making sure my thing, because my, my, my acts up again sometimes. Anyway. <clears throat> so the flagship that they were all on, so it's, it's like I said, three ships. Um, Another set one, of ships. Yeah, it's, it's one big the ship. the first time went by so good. <laughs> this worked out so well for us. But you said yep. they weren't even supposed to go back to Roanoke at this point. They were not. So this is where it gets weird. Okay, this is this is where things start to. No, this is yeah. This is just weird. This is just a weird part. Um. So the flagship it anchors at Croatoan Island, right? Now this is a little like not that far away from Roanoke Island. It's like I said, part of the Outer Banks, um, and. White had planned on whenever they had like um, made land in like at Chesapeake Bay that he was going to take about like forty men to go search for uh, the 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 colony of Roanoke. So why was he going to go there? So before I think when was it when was it I got the year I got the year written down. Hold on. <laughs> 1586 15, in 1586 
Um, this was after like the the whole colony was like abandoned and like lanes lanes. Right. So like June of eighty six, mm-hmm. we have that horrible murder all the indigenous people moment. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves. Yes. And now and then, we're coming back in the same year, but probably towards the end of the year when it's the worst time to be traveling. Okay, so what what had happened after Lane has left? Um, there were other fleets that had gone past the, the Outer Banks and Roanoke Island to get to England. Okay. Um, and one of the fleets, they, you know, they, they checked out the, the, the colony and they saw it was abandoned, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they decided to to leave 15 men there because they did not want to leave the settlement or the, the colony um, abandoned. They didn't want to leave it emptied or unoccupied at all. So 1586. 15 men are left on this island. I guess they had provisions there for whenever they knew um, John White was coming, I guess. So, John White is told about these 15 men. So, he's like, all right, I'm going to check on, like, we can can check on them after we establish our base camp in Chesapeake Bay. And then... I'll give I'll get a search party to get these fifteen guys off this island and they'll come join us. Okay, so like I said, their 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 original destination is is the Chesapeake Bay because one, it's less dangerous. The waters are a lot deeper in Chesapeake Bay than they are on the Outer Banks, um, and it was just like an easier, I guess, an easier way for like ships to to get in and out of the, the sea. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I got something in my throat. <clears throat> no. It's a frog in my throat. Um, and and the land was more fertile there, too, because in the Outer Banks, it was just like, it was just hard to grow stuff. So, instead of getting to Chesapeake Bay, as they had planned, um... There was so John John White was the captain of his ship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also a, I guess a pilot. I'm not sure what you would call a navigator. I guess um, on a ship who was way more experienced than John White at sailing and stuff like that. So the whole crew respected this guy more than John White. His name was. Samuel Fernandez, my bad. No, his name was Samuel Fernandez. Um, And he was, so he was part of the original Roanoke uh, colony. Well, he was a a part of the the original like sailing team to get to the Roanoke colony. Um, So he for some reason changed plans like this guy who wasn't in charge of like setting up the colony or nothing he just changed everybody's plans for some fucking reason so when 
they anchor at Croton Island, uh, Fernandez is like, yo, how about y'all just get off the boat now? And you see that island right there? That island that's Roanoke Island? Yeah, how about we, we just dump you right there and and we call it a day, okay? Cool? Cool. Okay. And everybody, like, agreed to it for some fucking reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Like that was just, like it was just so weird, and it was like, yo, y'all had a, a plan to go to Chesapeake Bay, which was further up, but for some reason you let this man talk you into like not going to where you're supposed to go. So either way, it was just, it was just like it was very confusing to me why like John White was just like. I don't want to say the word, but he was, like, basically, like, cucked into, like, getting, getting the fuck off the boat and just staying wherever they dropped him off at. Um, Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the next morning after they dropped off on Roanoke Island, mm-hmm. White and his colonists, they find the old colony or the old fort that was, that you know, that was on Roanoke Island. Um, when they get there, they see that the fort was dismantled. Um, there were abandoned houses, empty, like, they're just empty. Um, and there was no sign of the 15 men that were left there. Oops. They only found bones. And it seemed like it was from one of the men that was left there. So John White kind of, like, speculated that... The indigenous people of the area probably killed them. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of days later, though, one of the colonists, his name is George Howell, he was killed by the indigenous people there as well. He was like, he was just like straight up murdered. Like they, they shot him and they bludgeoned his head. With a wooden club. Um, Good job. Uh, <laughs> uh, this was obviously them telling the English that they were not welcome there at all anymore. Yeah. Um, you just marked the entire, like, Sekaton tribe. Mm-hmm. You don't get to come back? <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <clears throat> Okay, so we're going to go back in time, like, a little bit, like, a couple years. Um, And with the original scouting mission, the English brought back two men from the the neighboring islands. Um, One from Roanoke and the other one from Croatoan. The one from Roanoke, his name was Juan Cheese. And the the one from Croatoan was Montio. Um, so they were brought back with Lane's party, I guess. And they were brought back with Lane's party to Roanoke when Lane went to Roanoke from, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> from England. <laughs> so Juan Cheese, he, he hated the English. He was like, how dare y'all take me from my land? Like what, what gives you the right? So understandably like obviously like i i i 
resonate with that very much. <laughs> um, and Amancio, on the other hand, he was like, you know what, white man? You okay with me? Uh, <laughs> so they both, Wanchi's Amancio, they, they both returned to the islands um, um, when, you know, Lane brings her back. So when John White gets there, you know, there's these two guys are still around. Uh, so John White, he goes and he contacts um, the Croatoan people. And he's like, hey, do y'all have any, like, information about, you know, what happened to these 15 guys or whatnot? And Montiel goes, all right, look, listen. I got some uh, got some good news. And I got some bad news for you, buddy. Bad news is, uh, yeah. Um, see, those guys they were attacked. They were attacked by um some people. <laughs> um, and guess guess who was leading these people? Wanchis. Wanchis was leading these people to attack the 15 men that were left on the island. Um, so what I read was that two of the men, two of the 15 men, were definitely killed. Um, the other men, like, they escaped on a boat, and then they were just never heard from again. I don't know. Um, and so that was bad news. The good news is... I just saved a ton of money on monthly my home and boat insurance. So there's that. Um, so. <laughs> after a while, they're just like, okay, well, we know that we're not wanted here. So we should stay away from everybody. That's not Montio and his people. <laughs> Got it. Good. Um, so for a month, for a month, Brittany, for a month, okay? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just, just listen. For a month, this dude, Fernandez, he's just anchored outside the Outer Banks. He's just sitting there. He didn't go anywhere. He's just there. And like he could have take he could have taken I don't know why oh this is like it, this part frustrated me as I was reading it I was like so you just left them there on Roanoke Island for what reason and then you just stayed there for what reason you could have taken them to like Chesapeake Bay it's not that like I'm pretty sure it's I don't know how it's not that far by boat okay did he even did he ever say why it doesn't it doesn't say. I think it's probably somewhere in these notes somewhere, but like, I don't know. So either way, Wanchi's, I mean, not Wanchi's, God, I'm thinking, I'm getting my names mixed up now. Not Wanchi's. They're both just people. Fernandez is like, after a month sitting here, all right, how about we just go home now and just leave these guys? So, on the island of Roanoke, supplies, you know, they're getting low. Um, John White's daughter, she just had a baby. Um, 
It was a girl. They named her Virginia. Um, and people were worried about, you know, running out of supplies. So they persuade John to leave with Fernandez to to go to England, um, to get, you know, more people to help them and get more supplies. Um, John is reluctant, of course, because he doesn't want to be like known as a deserter whenever he gets back to England or he doesn't want to like. And he just, like, he doesn't want to lose his family. Like, what happened? What would happen to his family if he's not there? Like, his daughter just had a daughter. Like, he has a granddaughter to worry about now. Um, but, you know, reluctantly he goes with Fernandez back to England. Um, he... This would probably this would this would definitely be the last time he would see his family and friends. Yeah. I, um, also, like, can you rem- could you imagine that boat ride back with Fernandez? Like John Wade just looking at Fernandez, like, so you just left us there that island <laughs> for a month. Apparently, Bo must have been spooked by something. Like, yeah, bro, you couldn't just like take us to Chesapeake Bay. It wasn't that far away, buddy. Like what, what? What would you think? And you just sat there for a month too. What the hell? <laughs> anyway, so what happens next is a series of very unfortunate events. So by the time that John White gets back to England, uh, guess what happens? It's uh, the Spanish Armada. Uh, Armada. Right. It's it's attacking. It's attacking um, England, um, or it's planning to attack England. And then, like I guess, a year or so later, a little bit later, they start attacking. Um, either way, before they attack, Queen Elizabeth the first, she prohibits all able shape all able ships from leaving England at this right. time in, in case they were you know needed for war. Um, it's 1857 at this time. Okay? 1857 is when he gets back to England. I mean, no, 1587. I don't know why I keep saying it. God. 1587. <laughs> okay. So, a man named Richard Greenville. So, this guy, Richard Greenville, he was... Do you remember when I said that um, Ralph Lane's... Colony was waiting, like, was supposed to be waiting for two months until a supply ship was supposed to come. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this guy Greenville, he was supposed to be leading that supply, um, that that supply run. I believe that. Something happened to Greenville's like ship, so they got like like blown off course or something so they lost revisions that way or something something around along those lines um that he wasn't able to make it to the colony so that's why they had to rely on the indigenous people of the area generosity so greenville he's given permission uh to leave for the caribbeans the Caribbean, Caribbeans, Caribbean, Caribbean, whatever, um, to attack, you know, the Spanish. 
So John was also given permission to, you know, tag along with him. But when they're about to leave, the winds were too harsh. So they were stuck in the port. So they're stuck there. And, and by the time that the winds like have finally calmed down, they're ready to go again. Uh, Greenville got new orders to stay and fight. Yeah. So John was stuck I again. Mean, we are in the middle of a war. Yeah. Um, but Greenville did have two smaller ships that were not. I guess they weren't combat ready, or to com- they weren't for combat or for battling. Um, so he was like, "All right, here, John, you can take these two ships. Get the Haiti supplies to." Um, you know, your island, your colony. And he's like, yes, all right. And so the two ships leave with supplies. So what happens next? I think it's like the stupidity on the the, the captains of the, the two ships. So first, the captains of the ships are like, hey, let's go capture some more Spanish ships. So we can make like more of a profit on this run. So this is what they do. And John's like, okay, can we just like, you know, make it quick. I got people to save here. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I don't have time for this side quest. Everyone's being murdered. Right. Oh my God. Yes, exactly what they were doing. Like, let's do the side quest real quick. Not the main quest. No, no. Listen, uh, there's like a timer on this this uh, <laughs> mission, and I gotta get back home. Oh it's already God. been like a year. Yeah. Um. So a couple weeks later, after they you know they they do all their stuff, um, the two ships are attacked by supposedly pirates. Um, two dozen. Of the crew were killed, and the supplies for Roanoke looted, gone. Of course, of course. Um, so they had to turn back to England. So August rolls around. The Spanish Armada is defeated. I gotta tell you, during the time of pirates, mm-hmm. must have been wild. Yo, I wish. <laughs> I... Like, just wild. I wish I was a pirate. <laughs> That's all I can think about is I'm like, bro, the time of pirates had to have been absolutely insane. It must have been the greatest time ever. <laughs> you think you think it was the greatest time? Uh, for pirates, say, yes. For the pirates, but like not yeah. for the people getting looted and I'm, left. Look, I would have been a pirate. I don't care about the <laughs> Oh god. I don't know, fam. Uh, I'm just, I just think about that, like, in hindsight and go, like, just wild, man. You couldn't just, I mean, there's still pirates in certain parts of the world, but, like. Yeah, not as. You really couldn't just cross the ocean chilling. Nah. So you just see a Jolly Roger. <laughs> yeah. You're done for. You're done for, son. Oh, God. That's something, like, you're just, oh, dang. Like, I can only imagine them. They're like. You know, 
we should uh this is good we finally got it we're, we're doing it and then all of a sudden you see pirate ship and you're like well shit yep <laughs> uh basically that is uh what happened um so like i said the spanish armada is defeated this is august um but ships are still banned from leaving um because they were they were used to they were going to be used to focus on a counterattack uh, against the spanish um and this is now in 1589 uh john white doesn't get to try another supply run until 1590 so this is three years as this man has been trying to get back to this island he got a baby his his granddaughter is just there he doesn't know what's going on with his people like this like this is obviously obviously before cell phones or internet shit like that he doesn't know he doesn't know what's going on there like and like can you imagine oh my god can you imagine like he must have been stressing out the whole fucking time god like listen i don't like him because he uh decapitated my dude but not john white um, john white didn't do it that was like late that was lane thing. yeah but i mean he was part of that crew so <laughs> the sins of the father okay <laughs> okay okay no i'm being completely listen it's It's it is okay. what it is. I, yeah. Okay, so it's fifteen ninety. John gets to like he he gets permission to head back with you know supply ships, um, and he arrives August twelfth. Um, and they anchor at Croton Island. So nothing no, nothing notable happens on his first day. Um. August 15th, the crew, they spot plumes of smoke coming from Roanoke Island. The next morning, more smoke. This time, it's coming from the other end of Croatoan Island. Um, they don't, like, they, they do, they, they search Croatoan Island, Island because that's the closest island right there. They're, they're, they're right there. So, they search the area. They don't find anything. Um, August 17th, there's another fire on Roanoke Island. Y'all so, should really check that out. So this time they do go to check it out. Um, but before they get to Roanoke Island, I guess it, it, it gets dark. And they didn't want to chance it because they they knew what was going to happen if they... They popped in there um, late at night. They would have got attacked. So they just anchored the ships off Roanoke Island. Um, and they sing English songs in hopes that the, the colonists on land can hear them. Um, August 18th, they get to Roanoke Island. They finally, like, they, they, they land on Roanoke Island. Um, and August 18th was also John White's, John White's granddaughter's third birthday. So she was three years old. Um, yeah, but she already been dead. 
Yep. 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 Probably. Yep. Um, there are fresh tracks in the sand, but no one comes to greet them. Um, they spot a nearby tree that has the letters CRO written on them. Um, they set, they, you know, they get to the, the colony and they find the word Croatoan written on a post, like I said, in the beginning of the episode. Um, and, you know, John thinks, okay, so they must have, you know, they must be on Croatoan Island. Um, since the island we just came from? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. didn't see a whole bunch of people there. They did not see anybody there. And, um, the reason why he thought this, though, was because, I guess, before he left, he, like, the whole colony, they had made, like, a plan to, like, leave a message if they ever left the area before John got back. Right, right. Um, and I guess Croatoan was, like, their, their message to him saying that this is where we went. Mm-hmm. Not this is who attacked us. <laughs> um. So, but um, uh, upon further inspection of the you know the the colony, um, you could tell that it had been looted. Uh, valuables were gone. Boats were gone. Nothing was there. Um, even, I guess, John had some chests that he had buried when he was there on the island. And they had been dug up. They had been dug up and looted. Um, it's... And, and that's basically, like, it. Like, I'm, I'm not sure... It doesn't say that he went to Croatoan or like. I think I he tried oh, to. Oh yeah, I mean, they investigated and stuff. I, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing ever. Like they, nothing, nothing came up after that. Yeah, so, nothing ever happened at that point. Yeah, and and the main reason was because of one of the ships. The, I guess the anchor cable snapped. Because, like, that, that night, when they went back to the ships, they were like, okay, we're going to check for Otoma Island the next day. But I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> call it a, I, I mean, I definitely would call, okay, so there's, I know some of the hypotheses about this. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Powhatan was a thing. Uh, you would, you would know. So, I mean, there were other situations happening, like wrecking the ship very well could have been a sabotage. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, we're talking about Powhatan. The The Powhatan tribe is Pocahontas' tribe. Mm-hmm. John Smith. Mm-hmm. All that's happening. Yeah. So... Um, and the situation, like, what people don't really understand about, like, what happened there, like, the Disney movie is so, like, wiped the realness. Like, when I say that, like, con- like when I said that, like, conversations between indigenous folks and colonizers break down fast, it broke down real fast. To the it point really where, did. like, 
John Smith's crew were like kidnapping women if they didn't give up like tobacco fields. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it went real hostile, real fast. Real fast. So, I mean, on a completely unintentional <laughs> vibe, like they could have thought that that new ship was reinforcements. Mm-hmm. Or it could have just been, you know, that the thing broke. The, the, it's that, um, I forget what you call the part of that ship that broke. Um, it's such an anchor cable. So, I mean, it can't stop. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it, easy it, it enough to cut. Yeah, they can't land. They can't, they can't, like, land anywhere. Like, one yeah, of, the, one of them was cut. That's so. easy enough sabotage. I mean, if you're already in fights with um, other people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they had that, like, by, uh, by, like, the late 1500s, they were already kidnapping Powhatans and taking them to England. This is true. So they could have seen any Englishman as That's a right. threat. And immediately, well, you know what will stop you in your stupid boats? Dang, no anchor. <laughs> Bye. See you later. Yep. Huh. You know, so, I mean, there's, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. It was That's just... when I always heard of, and I thought that that had some legs. I'm like, uh, I, I, I things were real hostile, mm-hmm. uh, not that far from there, so. <laughs> very true, very true. And the other um, aspect, too, is that, like, is this, when we talk, when we learn about colonization in like American history in the U.S., they talk about it in like these little stages. But like once like one crew started showing up, other crew it, like other groups of people started showing up. Oh and yeah. The the East Coast was just inundated with people all up and down the coast by, you know, obviously the Pilgrims were the first ones, but I mean like into the future in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. A lot of drama, a lot of fighting. Uh, Decimation of tribes, decimation of colonizers, sickness, all sorts of terrible stuff happening up and down. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, terrible. But did he ever get to do like a proper investigation? So, like, that time he had to leave because the boat was screwed. Got yeah, it? so he, he had to leave. Um, the, but they had made plans to come back, um, the next year. After the one ship spent the winter in the Caribbean, Caribbean, Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I keep saying Car- Caribbean, Caribbean. It's because of the movie <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. We've been saying God. it wrong ever since that uh, Disney movie. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Caribbean. Um, so they're going to return back in the spring of 1591. Um, but... Unfortunately, this plan did not go very well because the ship that they were planning on taking to the Caribbean was blown off course and it forced them to stop for supply somewhere. And then the wind, when they were, when they wanted to land at the place that they wanted to get supplies from, the winds were fucking bad. And so the ship was just forced to go back to England. Um, after that, John White wasn't able to like get back to Roanoke ever. Um, so, after that, 
nothing like there, there were investigations of course other investigations besides white um trying to get back there to look for his con his his colony um sir walter riley was i guess so he was supposed to he 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 basically wanted to wipe his hands clean of this whole thing um but he wanted to keep his claim on virginia so what he did was he didn't want to pronounce any of the the colonists like legally dead at this time so so he can like um i guess what is it he he could pass on this land to his son or no 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 not him not him not him not him uh no so sorry i'm skipping ahead so I guess he just wanted to keep his claim on Virginia, basically. Um, so, one, uh, you remember uh, John White's, his daughter, uh, her husband, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but his last name is Dare. Um, so, they, I guess there's a petition that goes around that's like, yo, we need to, we need to make, like, make this like public that he's like legally dead so that his son john dare is another like there are so many johns in this story i don't understand why it was everybody a real fucking common john. name like everybody and, was fucking john and one of my least favorite things when you're trying to cover stories about old stuff is that if a kid died they would just rename the kid like the new yeah. kid yeah so or like or it was like oh aunt aunt susan died so then like and maybe she was like fourteen, so then they would name the new baby Susan, and so you just have all these name, like all these names that are the same. It's very frustrating I'm like, when you're why? trying to like tell a story, and everyone has the same name. That's why sometimes when I'm telling some of the older stories, I'll use some people's first names and some people's last names to try yeah. and like delineate, or I'll be like Junior, so that's obviously the son of this person because. Everybody in the family line is the same freaking name. <laughs> they really did. Uh, but apparently he had a son in England. Uh, his name's John Dare. And he was supposed to inherit, I guess, what's his name? Anna, Anais? Anais Dare? Um, so that he, he had an estate that his son was supposed to inherit. So this happened... And fifteen ninety seven. Um. So, Riley was, I guess, he said, he said he when he was on like a voyage in fifteen ninety five, he said he wanted to go stop by and search for his colon the colonists as well. Um. But later on, he. He um, admitted that this was like a lie because he was just like he wanted to cover up that he was actually searching for uh, El Dorado um, instead of searching for his people. Um, but he said he sailed past the Outer Banks, but you know the weather just stopped him from landing or anchoring. 
Is it landing? Is it landing? I don't know. When I, like I, when I say these terms, I'm thinking of like planes, but I think it they work on for boats too. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not a port dock. I'm sure one of those one of those things. <laughs> I don't think it matters that much. People understand what's happening. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it was just. I I have a question for you. Do mm-hmm. so. One of the theories that I always heard was that. Those people um, kind of, uh, what's the word, like, assimilated into local tribes. I yes. think it's highly unlikely. Um, but I, I think that's, like, the nice, you know, one. So that's, that, that is a theory. And that's, um, I guess, part of when John Smith was in the area. Um, Yo, but he, he lied like a mofo he, in his yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> I can't trust anything John Smith said. Like, he told so many, like, I mean, he created the mythos that, like, Pocahontas, like, stepped in the way of, and she protected me. And I was like, bro, she was 12. And it was like a total, it was like a, a religious, like, event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he thought, like, he, oh my God, dude, like, they didn't even, like, the name Pocahontas didn't even appear in any writings from what was going on in Chesapeake during that time until he wrote his book, like, ten years later. <sighs> yeah, he was a, not a great guy. <laughs> so, I don't know if I trust the, the, the integration aspect if it came from one of his books. Well, he's a liar. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but... I, I, I still got to add it. <laughs> no, no, because. I totally get you. I get you. It's just, I think that's like people's like, you know, wishful thinking aspect of it. But Yeah. yeah so I, I, I guess once he was, he had heard claim that there were, I guess, indigenous people that were dressed and there were men and I guess there's people dressed in European style clothing from another tribe and they I guess they they looked kind of European but they weren't European they were more indigenous but my thought process is well their clothes have stood up that long I don't know I feel know. like by oh, the time but, anybody would have seen them they would have been paler than the because I also I hope anybody listening knows this but uh, originally indigenous Americans were a lot more darker skinned uh, due to a lot of uh, rape and kidnappings a lot of people like so in the original like pictures of indigenous people they mm. aren't fair skinned they don't look mm. like me yeah um, so like I feel like a settler would have stuck out you know what I mean even if they weren't wearing like old clothes like the you know english clothes they would have yeah. stuck out because they were pale faced yeah yeah or they could have just yeah it could have been just babies like that were no never mind no that doesn't make any sense i don't know but yeah i don't know if there would have been enough time i mean it was exactly it's it's yeah this was at this was like uh 1607 and this was like okay. only like 10 but maybe i don't know like 10 years later so maybe I mean, yeah. if they would have been allowed to become a part of other tribes, they would have been very lucky. Or if, them. like, if they were captured by other tribes and just forced to integrate with them, they still would have been lucky. 
yeah, luckier true. than trying to do it on their own in an area that doesn't necessarily have the best uh, ground for certain crops and stuff they were trying to push. Yeah. So. <sighs> I like the other one, too, that, like, they just, like, got a ship and they tried to, like, leave. That's a and good I'm like, one wait too. a second. How? How'd they get a ship? They built one. <laughs> they they tried to build, build a one. ship? They tried to build one. Yeah, I mean, you could, it's, I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, nowadays it's not that. I mean, it probably was hard back then, but it's, I mean, it's not. Right? Un, it would have been really hard back of. then to, it's not to build of. a ship that could cross the Atlantic? Like a. That sounds impossible. With a hundred people, First, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. Um, there was also like a span, maybe a Spanish attack that had happened there, but who knows? Um, apparently, there's there's another tree. It's a Cora tree. It has the word mm-hmm. Cora written on it. Um. That's, and, a, that's another, I guess, conspiracy of the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But, like, what does Cora mean? I don't know. Maybe just misspelled Croatoan or Croa. He's <laughs> misspelled Croa. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. I like this one. It's a story, of, it's a, a local legend about a witch named Cora. From a book from 1989. Okay, never mind. That's just made up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fiction. For a second, I got real excited. I was like, I want to know about old timey witch stuff. Never (laughs) mind. Nothing. Nothing. Nope. So no one really knows. Um, Oh, okay. This person um, says that Cora might have been them saying that they left Croatoan to settle with the quarry. Another, um, another tribe. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I'd hmm. say no. Who knows? No, and then no. there are, of course, the Dare Stones. Yes. But those are considered fakes. But still interesting. Yes, yes. yes. Everything surrounding this is interesting. Um, like, the only... I've, I've like I've seen Croatoan like so many times. I think I the first time I saw it was like in Supernatural, the show. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure it's uh, was it? Um, I'm trying to think. Well, when I Supernatural, um, it's a it's a Batman thing. Supernatural, no. But it, no, I think no. it was. It's in it was, Batman, yeah. Oh, uh, Gotham, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a demon plot point in the 90s. And Crow yeah. Tolman was one of the demons. Yeah, it was a spawn Batman and of crossover course, thing. Roanoke is one of my favorite, one of the few seasons of American Horror Story that I actually really like. I, I did not like that. That's where we differ. We, I know. I we've had like these it. conversations. <laughs> Listen, here's my thing. Okay, so I love those shows where they retell the story of a haunting, and I love that they recreated that. Yeah. I mean, that, okay, so that, that, was, that makes was like a funny me, part. I lo- it did get a little long mm-hmm. um, 
after they left the house and then they came back and there was the reunion. That's when it got a little long. But yes. um, unfortunately, that's just how that show is. There, it always hits a point for me where it's like, wow, this feels like a great ending. Still going. <laughs> yes. And sometimes after the first great ending, there's another great ending, but not always. But yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't like that one, but I kind of love it because it does have the historical connection. It's a little bit, yeah. Um, I just I, I do like it because Lady Gaga is very hot in that um that one. Um Lady Gaga was in Roanoke? She's in Roanoke. It's just like she, she plays um uh, I guess some type of witch that's there. I mean, yeah, you there was definitely because there was a whole witch aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she was the witch. Oh yeah. Okay, the one with running through the woods. Got it. I yeah. remember her mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Listen, she barely looks like herself in that. She I'm... they she barely looks like her. She does. She doesn't. She doesn't. You're right. Wow. Uh I didn't yeah. realize it was her. But anyway, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. But um that is what I got. For today, this is my longest. (laughs) How does it feel to be the one who talks for like an hour and a half? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm so glad it was like we did it when you didn't do your section because this would have been like a three hour episode. Right. Holy crap. You're right. If I had done. Oh, yeah. I was working on a real juicy one that for next Mm -hmm. time for y'all who are listening. It's one that people have begged me to talk about for so long. Uh, a particular serial killer who I am not a fan of. Uh, so you have that to look forward to if you're still listening. Yes. Thanks so much for putting up with our uh, special COVID quarantine episode. Yes. Thank you guys for listening as always. Um, and good night. Good night. <laughs>